So, um, this morning I told Caleb to get me a piece of wood because I didn't want to preach on my tiptoes because my heels go straight into the ground. So here we are. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> so if I walk forward, I'm on my tiptoes. Okay. He is risen. a little bit far away. <laughs> there we go. He is risen. Man, spring is such a wonderful time to talk about resurrection. There are witnesses to resurrection everywhere. The grass is starting to grow, the trees finally have leaves again after the long winter. Flowers are blooming over there. Vegetable starts are poking their heads out of the ground. And some things wake up that you don't want to. I always wish my allergies would stay asleep about this time of year. But they wake up anyway. Life is all around us this time of year witnessing to a rhythm that is very foreign to us. See, we usually conceptualize life like this. You're born, and then you die. But spring is sort of this silent wisdom that if you're able to hear her witness, you can hear this whisper, maybe. Maybe it's death that gives birth to life. But this perspective is not one that can be forced on anyone. It is only something that can be witnessed. And that first Easter morning, there were two types of witnesses to this whisper of wisdom. the day. And so we make sure we have enough coffee 
in our cabinet. We take a nap if we need to. We're not sure if our relationships will survive the inevitable conflict that comes. We're not sure and we worry about if our children will survive their education. We're not sure if our neighborhood will survive the changes. We're not sure our government will survive its politicians. And we're not sure if the earth will survive the human race. Sometimes, he is risen is more of a habit than a hope. Easter seems easier to schedule as egg hunts and Easter brunches than the crisis of faith that it reminds us took place for the followers of Jesus. Hope for what was promised seems dead. In some ways, sealed tombs and letting things just be what they are, be the way they are, is easier to stomach than wrestling with what life after our many deaths could look like. Sometimes, he is risen is more of a safe habit, a comforting closed tomb where faith lies dead sometimes it is religion it is the practice of religion that keeps us from expecting and hoping for anything different than what we have known but the Marys who showed up on Easter morning were not practicing religion they were practicing something different. They were practicing hope. Hope for something to change. Hope for something to be different. And these women, I have come to believe, showed up because they had this absurd hope. That they actually heard what Jesus said about the sign of Jonah that they actually heard what Jesus said about the temple being destroyed and being rebuilt in three days, that they actually maybe understood what Jesus was saying there. And even though they may not have said it out loud because it would have sounded crazy to them, perhaps they showed up because of this hope, this hope that was absurd, the hope that was crazy, it was ridiculous, but hope that moved their bodies forward even in the midst of their grief even in the midst of many deaths to show up with this crazy hope that maybe just maybe Jesus would not stay dead their presence was a practice of hope they hoped to witness the whisper that maybe death gives birth to life. I have some good news this morning. Is anyone here this morning? Just raise your hand if you're here. Okay. 
some of you are not, that's okay. The good news this morning is this. That if there are places in your life that are dead, if there are places that feel more in the grave than he is risen, that maybe your presence this morning is a practice of hope. Maybe if part of your life feels dead and you are having a crisis of faith, if your body is here, I think that you haven't lost hope. Maybe your body's presence is a practice of hope in the midst of all the deaths that are so powerfully real in our lives. Hope is our witness that sends us forth to confront the tombs of our lives. It is the flower budding in the spring and a whispering witness. There's this beautiful poem I read by Mary Ann Bernard called Resurrection. And I want to read it to you this morning in the garden. So appropriate. She says, long, long, long ago, way before this winter's snow first fell upon these weathered fields, I used to sit and watch and feel and dream of how the spring would be when through the winter's stormy sea she'd raise her green and growing head her warmth would resurrect the dead. Long before this winter's snow, I dreamt of this day's sunny glow and thought somehow my pain would pass with winter's pain and peace like grass would simply grow. The pain's not gone. It's still as cold and hard and long as the lonely pain has ever been. It cuts so deep and far within. Long before this winter snow, I ran from pain, looked high and low. It's hurt and cold I have found. If I had looked at what was there, that things don't follow fast or fair, that life goes on and times do change and, gra and grass does grow despite life's pains. Long before this winter snow, I thought that this day's sunny glow, the smiling children and growing things and flowers bright were brought by spring. Now I know the sun does shine that children smile, and from the dark, cold grime a flower comes. It groans, yet sings, and through its pain, its peace begins. The Marys that showed up at the tomb with that absurd hope that morning when they realized that their hope might be coming true, 
they suddenly realized how afraid they were. The guards there that were there to keep the dead body in the tomb passed out from fear. And the women had to be told, do not be afraid twice. If our hopes are the things that compel us forward, the thing that helps us to show up, then our fear is what holds us back. What if it's not fun? What if I can't do it right? What if I'm not special or unique enough to be who I want to be? What if people don't see me for me? What if I can't do it? What if I fail? What if I know I don't know the right things? What if I lose everything? What if I never do anything worthwhile? The what ifs poison the fountain of life at its source. They hold us back from being present to our hope at the tombs of our lives. They stick guards on those tombs so that no one can mess with them. What if the disciples come to the tomb and pretend the body is raised from the dead? The chief priests, Pharisees, and Pilate ask in the passage right before this one. The voices that say what if, that say the world doesn't work that way, the naysayers, the guards of death, will not believe the witness of the pattern from death to life, even when it happens right in front of them. Over our dead-looking bodies, will anyone convince us that this is the pattern? Because we can be very satisfied with the parts of us that are dead. Hopes buried deep inside can stay there. Boundaries that keep others out can stay there. Painful relationships long ignored can stay there. Feelings of anger and hurt pushed aside can stay there. Repressed memories of trauma can stay there. We believe somehow that we can stay in our closets, in our chrysalises, and in our tombs. We roll a big stone over the entrance. We lock the door and we post guards. That's not getting out, we tell ourselves. Stay there, we say. But those things buried deep inside don't stay, do they? The things we'd like to keep dead come up anyway. They pop up their little heads out of the tomb that we thought we buried them in because those tombs were not tombs at all. Rather, they were the womb through which life is born. 
The closed things don't stay closed. The buried seeds don't stay in the ground. The closeted truths don't stay locked up. And sealed, sealed stone entrances seem to invite earthquakes. He is risen, can be as fear-filled as it is joyous. It can feel as enslaving as it is freeing at first. It is wonderful and terrible because nothing is pinned down anymore. Nothing is sealed off or off limits. All is laid bare to the work of God's reformation, recreation, redemption, and resurrection. Because those parts of us we've buried want to come back to life again. And if we welcome them, if we hope for them, if we struggle with the fear of inviting them in, if we can shift our paradigm, if our hearts can be moved, and if we can start seeing the tombs of our lives as the womb they have been all along, then our pains and our hurts and our deaths might just start to experience resurrection because our story about a tomb is ultimately not about a tomb at all but we realize it is rather the womb of God's creative action that life itself is forming inside this sealed entrance it's like that quote they tried to bury us but they didn't realize that we were seeds see on Easter morning. It's not that Jesus shielded us from this powerful, unstoppable rage of God against humanity. It's not that God is mad at us. It's not that Jesus took on God's rage so that we wouldn't have to, but rather, Jesus is the person who reveals what God is like. It is Jesus, Jesus is God in a person incarnate showing us what true power is the power to suffer and to be resilient the re kind of resilience that seeds know the kind of resilience that a woman who has gone through childbirth and labor knows the power of resilience that says hope it's not over yet True power isn't displayed in holy rage, but in painful vulnerability. The painful vulnerability necessary to be buried and to rise again. The painful vulnerability necessary to overcome death. Whereas Sleeping at Last says in their song about Enneagram 8, I had to get a Enneagram in there. <laughs> I am strong enough to let you in. Easter reminds us that things long buried can be born again in a new way with a new body, one not so easily corrupted, one that bears the scars of our anguish, but doesn't allow that anguish to have the last word. This new body, the life of our 
body of resurrection, it cannot be guarded or grasped or boundaried or barred, but it must always be vulnerably bared. It is the crisis of faith that shows up anyway because it has an absurd hope. It is not something that can be forced on anyone. It can only be witnessed. Life in Christ is this, allowing Christ to, dra to drag out the dead parts of us. It's letting them rise to the surface, taking off that old body corrupted and hopeless. And it is receiving a new hope, a new gift of life. It is allowing our soul tombs to become the womb of life itself. Easter is speaking to us this morning. She speaks in a world of whispering witnesses. Easter lilies, open tombs, and earthquakes whisper. She speaks of a deeper magic still. Maybe life after death isn't so crazy after all. She speaks that with wisdom that says, that's the order of things. We all begin in our tombs of death. Aware of the darkness in the primordial waters of creation. And then one day, one glorious day, we realize that we weren't in a tomb but a womb all along. He is risen. Let's pray this morning. Welcoming God. May we release our fears in your embrace. Cast our reliance on the structures of our minds into the abyss. May we let them go. May we find our life in your reformation, recreation redemption, and resurrection. Help us in our necessary deaths so that we will be able to receive your gifts of life. Amen. Don't stand.